With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the widest choice of PPE. Welcome to Tradies News in a Nutshell. Yeah, hi, good morning everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a Nutshell for your Thursday morning. It is Thursday the 9th of November 2023. Daniel Pedro back with you for the next hour broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. one 1170 our open line number as always, 0457 736 736 is the number you can text in on all before Breakfast with Jimmy Smith, Greg Alexander. Our Queensland listeners will get the first hour of Brandy and Jimmy, and then it will be Pat and Heels along at 6 a.m. local time for you. Busy show between now and then, though. Lots of news, rugby league, cricket. We'll get to all of that in a second. A bit of rugby union news around as well. Uh, it was a story that probably won't surprise on the back page of the Sydney Morning Herald today. We'll get to that. Plus, we're going to have a chat with Chris Perkins very shortly in America. Get the latest out of America and continue his hunt for an NRL team. We'll get to that in a second. Paul Dennett will join us, our cricket expert, in about half an hour as well. Uh, after that amazing innings from Glenn Maxwell, what, just over 24 hours ago now, we'll reflect on that, and we'll look ahead as well to the next couple of weeks for Australia at the World Cup, potentially for Australia at the World Cup. And as always, want to hear from you, one 1170 or 457 736 Let's do our power play this morning for the Makita XGT Experience Professional Cordless Power Without Limits. Now, if you're a new lister, uh, if you have been listing for a while, when we speak to Chris Perkins shortly, and you're going to have to get your texts in pretty quickly, we're trying to find him an NRL team to support. So far, he's put the Tigers, the Bulldogs, and Dolphins as possible candidates for his NRL team for 2024 and beyond. Today, we look at the Manly Sea Eagles, and it'll be the last one we do for a little while. So, Manly fans, jump on the open line, jump on the text line, let us know why you became a Manly fan and what is so good about being a Manly Sea Eagles fan. And if you're not a Manly fan, give us some pros and cons on why he should be a Manly fan. Interesting if what people say re being Manly fans. Can you convince Chris to become a Manly fan or can you convince him not to become a Manly fan? Pros and cons of Chris Perkins being a Manly fan. And if you are a Manly fan, tell me why you started to become a Manly fan and what's so good about supporting the Sea Eagles? one 1170 You've got about 20 or so minutes to get those texts in before we get Chris to decide whether the Manly Sea Eagles will be a possible contender for his team or not. Uh, just staying on rugby league as well, just quickly, the NRL has rejected Wayne Bennett's push for a shortened state of origin schedule. 
as uh, Queensland and Billy Slater face a daunting task winning a hat-trick of interstate titles next season. So in today's Daily Telegraph, it can be revealed that the first key element of the NRL season draw for 2024, which we are expecting to come out at some point this month, uh, with league bosses retaining the six-week origin format, despite pressure from several club CEOs and super coach Wayne Bennett to cut the series to four weeks. The 2024 origin draw shapes as a gruelling assignment for, uh, for the Queensland team who must overcome a horror record at the Melbourne Cricket Ground. Uh, new Blues coach Michael Maguire will, na- will make his debut on home soil in the series opener with New South Wales slated to host Queensland in Game 1 at Sydney's Accor Stadium on Wednesday, the 5th of June. That will be before they go to the Melbourne Cricket Ground, who will stage Origin 2 on June 26, before Brisbane Suncorp Stadium is the scene for Game 3 on Wednesday the, 27, uh, Wednesday the 17th of July. So series opener, Wednesday the 5th of June in Sydney at Accor Stadium. The second game is going to be on Wednesday, June 26, at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, with the potential decider, Game 3, to be played at Suncorp Stadium, Wednesday, July 17. What do you make of that? Um, I know some people will say uh, we shouldn't be playing interstate origins, should be two games for New South Wales or two games for Queensland. I don't think that's going to happen at all in the near future. So back to Melbourne next year, the first time for a long time, for a few years. I think the last time we played in Melbourne for origin might have been 2018. Um, I suppose the only thing that might be said is, depending on your thoughts, maybe Sydney, well, Sydney did have the decider, could have had the decider this year just gone, and of course, they already lost the series 2-0. So it is only fair that Queensland get the deciding game this time around. Your thoughts on that? 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. Wednesday, June 5 in Sydney. Wednesday, July, uh, Wednesday, June 26 in Melbourne. Wednesday, July 17 in Brisbane. Your thoughts on that? The draw should be released. I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying it'll be released by the end of this month. At least that's what they are aiming to do. Uh, Glenn Maxwell, I'm going to put a question to Paul Dennett when we speak to him very shortly in about 25 minutes. Was that the greatest innings? Now that the dust has settled a little bit and we're more than 24 hours on and everyone has had the opportunity to watch Glenn Maxwell, at least watch the highlights of Glenn Maxwell's innings. Was it the best innings ever? Not just from an Australian, but maybe ever in one day cricket. Yes or no? I'll be interested to get Paul's thoughts on that. We will speak to him shortly and have a chat with him about that. I have a feeling he might say yes, but let's wait and see. And if it wasn't, if Glenn Maxwell's innings wasn't the best in one-day cricket, give me another one. Give me another example of the best innings ever in one-day cricket if it wasn't Glenn Maxwell's yesterday against Afghanistan. And it was interesting to note as well, uh, Afghanistan have three of the top 10 bowlers in one-day cricket at the moment as well, which I saw floating around te- uh, floating around Twitter yesterday. So Glenn Maxwell, was it the best innings? Now that the dust has settled, was it the best innings? Or do you have another nomination that may beat Glenn Maxwell's in one-day cricket? 0457 736 736 or one three hundred oh one eleven seventy and back page of the Sydney Morning Herald today. Surprise, surprise. Outgoing Wallabies coach Eddie Jones has admitted he would definitely be interested in the vacant Japan head coaching role, but will have to wait until next month for a second interview for the job. 
Jones conceded for the first time he would be keen to take over the Japan coaching role after his original stint leading them uh, from 2012 to 2015. He said, I've had no offer. Let's be clear. Uh, If they came to me and said, are you interested in coaching them? He said, I'd definitely be interested. Um, We know there was talk about the fact that he'd already had a conversation with uh, Japanese rugby whilst he was coaching the Wallabies. That came out during the course of the Rugby Union World Cup recently. So he is interested in coaching Japan. No real shock. Uh, thoughts on that? 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. Sydney FC announced a new coach. We'll get to that shortly. Uh, England did win the cricket overnight. We'll talk uh, to Paul Dennett. If you get the chance, maybe in an ad break, or you can watch it on mute, if you get the chance to see Joe Root's dismissal, one of the more dis- a bizarre dismissals for a very good batsman that you'll ever see, and probably uh, sums up England's campaign in this year's World Cup, despite winning pretty convincingly against the Netherlands overnight. Just have a Google of it. Uh, let me know what you think. So that's just some of what's on our agenda this morning for the Makita XGT, the professional choice for cordless convenience, unmatched performance, innovation, and power without limits. Manly fans, jump on the text line, jump on the open line, convince Chris why he should become a Manly fan. If you're not a Manly fan, give us some pros and cons on why he should or shouldn't be a Manly fan? Can they be a candidate alongside the Tigers, the Bulldogs, and also the Dolphins? Glenn Maxwell, was that the best innings you've ever seen in one-day cricket, in the history of one-day cricket? If it wasn't, who was the best innings that you've seen in one-day cricket? Who had the best innings in one-day cricket if it wasn't Glenn Maxwell? Any questions as well for Chris or Paul, you can flick them in on the text line, 0457 736 736 or one three hundred oh one eleven seventy to text your calls and we will have a chat with Chris Perkins on the other side of this. It's nine and a half past five in New South Wales, nine and a half past four in Queensland. This is Tradies News in a nutshell. 0457736736, our text number, jump on the open line, one 1170 Just before Chris text here from the Big G, says, good morning, Dan. Uh, got in last night, and now you have me intrigued talking about Glenn Maxwell, as I haven't seen his innings yet. We'll have to make the effort to watch today. Big G, you must. Uh, quite an unbelievable innings. Was on no legs, cramping up. At one stage, looked like he was going to be replaced by Adam Zampa. Uh, and Australia was 7 for 91, Big G, against Afghanistan. And then Glenn Maxwell hit 201, not out. Potentially, and I'll ask Paul Dennett in about 15 or so minutes, our cricket expert, potentially the best innings ever. Big G, you must go and watch. Uh, make sure you spend at least half an hour today just watching the highlights, maybe not the whole innings, but just the highlights of Glenn Maxwell's inning, innings the other night. Just quite unbelievable. If uh, you were if you were watching it, was it the best innings you've ever seen? If it wasn't, who was and who had the best innings in one day cricket? If Glenn Maxwell is not at the top of your list, who is? Also, about to speak to Chris Burke concerning questions for Chris. Happy to get your texts in on that. And we're still trying to find him an NRL team. Today, the Manly Seagulls. So you've got about 10 more minutes to get these texts in while we talk to Chris. But... If you're a Manly fan, why are you a Manly fan? Why did you become a Manly fan? What's so good about being a Manly fan? If you're not a Manly fan, give Chris some pros and cons as to why he should or shouldn't be a Manly Sea Eagles fan. 
and we'll see very shortly if they are the fourth team to become a candidate to be Chris Perkins' team. Speaking of Chris, let's go to him now. Now on Tradies News, it's time to get the latest from the USA. And on the line from America is the great Chris Perkins. Chris, good morning to you, mate. Hey, good morning. We could have played my old Kentucky home for my uh, intro music today. That's where I'm at. I meant to... Uh, to Louisville. I meant to ask... Uh, I'm going on a little break, uh, as, is the show, <laughs> as is the show, at least from Sydney for a bit. Let's work out when, you, when we're back uh, in a few weeks' time... Every, well, not every time, but if you do have, if you're somewhere in America and you have a song for that place, we use that as your intro going forward. How do you reckon about that? We, we, can, we, can, work around, we can work with that because, listen, there are songs for everywhere. Correct. Correct. There, there, there are songs that we can find a tie to anywhere. Like I could play, you know, I could play Cheryl, I give you a play Cheryl Crow from Missouri because she is actually from Missouri. Yes, yes. The town I used to live in for a time. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, now, we asked for your um, we asked for your um, Melbourne Cup tip the other day. Uh, you went with Absurd uh, and a few other people. Now, you weren't the only one uh, tipping Absurd, to be honest with you, Chris. There are a lot of experts tipping Absurd, uh, or at least had, them, had that horse in the top three. Hmm. Unfortunately, uh, look. Wasn't disgraced, came seventh, but not in the top three, not in the top okay. four. Without a fight, my tip, uh, one. Uh, Solcom came second, Shiraz third. But absurd, seventh, not not too bad. Wait, 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 hold, hold on. You just buried the lead there. Mm-hmm. You're, you you tipped the winner? I did, yep, yep. Uh, because, so without a fight, who won the Melbourne Cup, uh, also won the Caulfield Cup a couple of weeks ago, almost three weeks ago now, and I thought, well, uh, it hasn't been done. Uh, the Melbourne Caulfield Cup Melbourne Cup double hasn't been done since 2001. So I thought it was about time that happened, and it did. Now, in all honesty, I didn't know that hadn't happened since 2001. But I thought because it had won, I thought, why not uh, without a fight? So, yes, it won in a very good race. Solcom second, Charest third. You did not disgrace yourself, though, Chris. Seventh, not too bad. Well, I, I would give you a standing ovation right now if I wasn't driving down I-65 yes, at 100 do that. k's an hour. Yes, no, st- stay but with me. I did applaud. Thank you. Thank well you. Done. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. All right, we'll get to the Manly Sea Eagles soon and see if they're going to be your NRL team. We'll also follow up that text from Lee that we got last week in a second about Seattle. But firstly, a lot happening in co- the college football world. Give us the latest. Yeah, we're getting to the pointy end of the season in college football. New rankings are out. Look a lot like the old rankings, certainly the top eight. No changes from the top eight. Uh, Here they are in order. Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Washington, Oregon, Texas, Alabama. The first team to move was Oklahoma. Dropped eight spots down to number 17. That's what happens when you lose the final Bedlam game to Oklahoma State. Uh, Missouri fell a couple of spots. My Missouri Tigers fell a couple of spots. No disgrace to lose to Georgia in Athens. Uh, They fell down to number 14 now. Uh, The top five teams, they're all unbeaten, and same thing applies as last week. You win out, you're going to be in the playoffs. That's Mm. the cleanest way to, to, to go for the committee, for everybody involved, but it doesn't give us any debate or any chaos, and I am always here for the chaos. So I'm, there are three games this week. 
plus a fourth issue off the field that could throw mass chaos into the college football playoff rankings come next week. Uh, those, you know, the, the games that are involved uh, are, are the ranked versus ranked games coming up this weekend. Uh, particularly, we have uh, uh, Georgia, who at the beginning of the season, thought their schedule was a bit of a cupcake schedule all the way through, even their conference schedule. Well, it turns out they're in a bit of a gauntlet right now because they played Missouri last week. This week, they host number nine Old Miss. The University of Mississippi comes in, and they've still got a game at Tennessee they have to play mm. uh, in, in conference. And, and Tennessee is a top 25 ranked team. Uh, Old Miss, they're 8 and 1. Uh, if, if Old Miss beats Georgia, oh my God, think of the, the chaos that could potentially come from that. Because Old Miss, they, they're not going to win the SEC West to get to the conference title game. Alabama's pretty well got that locked up because Alabama has the head-to-head matchup against Old Miss. But Old Miss to be 11-1, not a conference champion, and sitting back, and there's going to be a whole lot of debate about whether they get into the playoffs if that winds up happening. But they've got to beat Georgia, run the table for that to happen. Another game to watch for is going to be is going to be Michigan and Penn State. Michigan at Penn State. Michigan's number three. Penn State is number 10 in the ranking. And we could have a situation where Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State all finish the season with one loss because Michigan and Ohio State play two days after Thanksgiving in Ann Arbor. It's a Michigan home game. They all have one loss to each other. Who the hell makes the Big Ten championship game at that point? And then consequently, whoever wins the Big Ten championship has the inside track probably to a playoff spot. Third game to watch out for is going to be um, – ah, I lost my schedule here. Bear with me for a moment. <laughs> uh, you, uh, Washington, they, mm. they, have a, they have a pretty big game this weekend. And, yeah, I totally lost my notes here. So uh, bear with me for just – That's okay. Whilst you do that, whilst you do – They play Utah. They play yep. Utah. Yeah, uh, Utah. And that's okay. another big matchup. Uh, that's another big matchup. For Washington, Washington wins. They still have the inside track to the playoffs. They lose. That's one loss, and they get thrown into the pile with everybody else who has one loss. Okay. All right. Going to be very interesting. Before we get to the Aaron Rodgers story, your last chance to get your texts in about Manly. Got a few here. We will rate them out in a second. But last chance, if you want Chris to be a Manly fan, tell us why he should be and give us some pros and cons on what is good about being a Manly fan and bad about being a Manly fan. Your texts on that in just a second. Before that, uh, the latest on Aaron Rodgers. Well, real quick, I'll give you the off-the-field issue. Uh, we're waiting We're waiting with bated breath uh, regarding Michigan. Uh, the last month, there has been a scandal brewing around the University of Michigan that for the last two years, mm. a, a member of the coaching staff had been doing in-person scouting on opposition and specifically the signals they used to call plays into the huddle mm. uh, on offense and defense. The Big Ten has sent uh, a notification to Michigan that they're planning to punish uh, head coach uh, head coach Jim Harbaugh by suspending him. Michigan has until today to respond, and I would expect tomorrow we're going to find out what kind of punishment the Big Ten conference is going to hand down, how severe it will be. It could be two games. It could be more, and we, we are waiting with bated breath for, for that. Now, the Aaron Rodgers story – 
have to mention this. Of course, Aaron Rodgers is uh, rehabbing a torn Achilles tendon, and he's been on the field at Jets games. He's been throwing throwing the football around in pregame, looking pretty good, walking around, not using any crutches. He was on Pat McAfee's show yesterday talking about this, and he'd been joking on the field. He's joking on the field Monday night with Derwin James, the L.A. Chargers, you know, say, oh, it could be a couple of weeks I'm back. Uh, he's, uh, he's joking about that, but uh, Pat McAfee, he kind of kind of pushed him and, uh, to to get a little more specific. Um, and, you know, you were trying to break the code here because McAfee was saying, well, a couple is two, a few is three, a Rushmore is four. And then Aaron Rodgers came back and said, oh, it'll be a few fortnights, which caused two things to happen. Mm. Number one, most Americans went, what the hell is a fortnight? Because we don't, we don't realize that Fortnite is, Fortnite is a measure of time and not just a, a video game. Oh, right. And okay. That, I thought a fortnight was a pretty pretty uh, common saying. Okay. That's interesting. That's interesting, that Chris. Is, that, is, that, is not, that is not a standard unit of measurement in the United okay. States I, or on this side of the Pacific. Okay. Certainly south of the 49th parallel, it's not. Okay. But uh, – yeah, so so he broke a, broke out a few uh, a few fortnights, which if we're on the code, a few is three, so we're talking three fortnights. That would be six weeks. Correct. Six weeks puts it at Christmas Eve against the Washington Commanders that uh, Aaron Rodgers could be back on the field. Now a whole lot of things going to have to go right between now and then. Namely, the Achilles is going to have to keep healing the way it's been and him getting stronger in rehab. And number two, the Jets cannot go on a massive losing streak and be out of the playoff chase. All right. very. But if, if they're in the playoff chase, maybe, just maybe, Aaron Rodgers is back from a torn Achilles tendon mm. in less than four months. All right. Well, that, that would be a remarkable recovery, a remarkable recovery. And I can't believe that Fortnite isn't a known saying in the USA. You learn something every day. But, yes, that would, be, uh, yeah, that would be a remarkable comeback in that space of time from that sort of injury. So let's wait and see what happens. But if that does happen, that is a remarkable, completely remarkable. A uh, couple of things before we get to the text read Manly. Uh, firstly, uh, the text from Lee last week where the Seattle Dragons you've done <laughs> – uh, some research on that? Yeah, the Seattle Sea Dragons. I apologize. I my brain does doesn't retain information. Sometimes I totally spaced out on the fact that the Seattle Sea Dragons is Seattle's XFL team. Okay, right. I should have known this because they're a division rival of my St. Louis Battlehawks, so they are the enemy. Chris, there's only so many things. Last year, made the playoffs. Seven and three last year. There's only so many things you can remember. Remember, Chris, to be honest. So it's okay. We forgive you. You're yeah, well, a fa- you're a fountain of knowledge. It's okay to forget things every now and again. Yeah, I listen. I, yeah, this is this is on me. I, I I've got a reputation to uphold, so I do feel the need to apologize because my brain is a warehouse of useless knowledge, mm. particularly about sports. Mm. The only problem is it's an incredibly disorganized warehouse. I mean, the workers <laughs> are on strike. It, it's ugly around there right now. So it's just total mass chaos and disorganization in my brain. That is perfectly okay. All right, let's get to your NRL team, the Manly Seagulls. They finished 12th last season. And if you're just joining us, if you haven't heard this every week, Chris has already got the West Tigers the Bulldogs, 
and the Dolphins as a candidate. Manly is the last one we're doing for a few weeks until I'm back. So let's go. Oh, in fact, just before we go through those texts, just one here from Steve the Colin and Bulldog uh, saying, good morning, Dan and Charlie, if he is there today. Yes, he is. And he will be in the chair tomorrow and Tuesday. Uh, and Chris, as a shift worker, Dan, I don't always catch your show, but when you speak with Chris today, I just wanted to say, let's go Rangers. What a five-game uh, What a five game win. Have a great show team, Steve the Colleton Bulldog, Chris. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, good good five-game five series win for the Texas Rangers and well-deserved. First-time world championship after 63 seasons. All right. Okay, 63. That's a very, very long time uh, to not win a competition. All right. Manly, will they join the Tigers, the Bulldogs, or the Dolphins as, as a candidate for your NRL team? Through these texts, Big G, uh, the second part of that text I read beforehand, he said, the best thing about going for Manly, you have the nicest player in the game in Jake Travojevic. Now, I can tell you, Big G is right about that one, Chris. He is very nice and the okay. nicest guy, uh, I reckon, in the NRL running around. And there's a lot of nice guys in the NRL, but I reckon he would be top of the list. This one from Brett. Morning, Dan. Easy for Chris to align the symbol of an eagle with his country because it symbolizes patriotism and pride and also being a Manly fan. He also says Manly have never won the wooden spoon, so never come last in over 75 years. So take that in. That's impressive. Take that in, Chris. Take that in. Uh, Trucky Moose says Chris shouldn't be a Manly fan because everyone hates Manly. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> Uh, that, that hasn't stopped me. I'm a Collingwood fan. Oh, yes. Well, this is true. Uh, this one, uh, some of this text is missing, but I think it's from the uh, from the Big Ten over there in Auckland. Uh, potentially their future might not be that great. It's probably on the decline as their halfback, Daly Cherry Evans, is older than Brady. Now, that is not entirely true. I understand his point. Daly Cherry Evans, about 35, 36 years of age, so not quite as old as Tom mm. Brady. And I have to say, still playing Good footy, um, but good point. Uh, he also says Long Reef Golf Course, this is a pro, Long Reef Golf Course is on their back door, and the Northern Beaches are a cracker. Yeah, Northern Beaches area, very, very nice part of Sydney. And this final text before, before I give you a couple of facts, Gary on the text line says, Chris is too nice of a guy to be a manly supporter. Uh, so that one from <laughs> Gary. So, I'll give you a bit of facts. So they're all the texts. They're from the wonderful listeners. Uh, here's some facts. So they've won eight. Pre- so they've been in the competition since 1946. They've won eight premierships: 1972, 1973, 1976, 1978, 1987, 1996, 2008, and 2011. Uh, they've been runners-up 11 times. Uh, the latest in 2013, and minor premiers nine times. Uh, their last few years haven't been, you'd say, fantastic, but you never know what the future holds. The Northern Beaches area, Chris, very nice part of Sydney. Um, after those little facts that I've given you and all the texts on the text line, are the Manly Seagulls going to be a candidate to be your NRL team for 2024 and beyond? You know, I, 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 I'm familiar with Manly Beach. Mm. I'm presuming this is all the same area. I am somewhat familiar with that. Yeah, roughly the same. Um, area. Yeah. So I, I love the beach. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a thumbs up. I'm gonna Ooh. advance Manly into the next round. 
because so, I, you know, just just the idea of you know get to go to a game, mm-hmm. drop to the, you know maybe go to the beach afterwards, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the time of year we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I could go with that. I, I could work with that. All right, so Manly, a candidate for Chris Perkins, so that they join the Tigers. The Bulldogs, the Dolphins, and Manly, your fourth team. When we next do this, it'll be the North Queensland Cowboys, followed by two Sydney teams, the Parramatta Eels and the South Sydney Rabbitohs. So looking forward uh, to doing that, Chris. I'm off for a little bit. We're also having a lot of renovations being done, so the show will be, and I'll talk more about this at the end of the show today, will be national for a little bit. But I'll be back in early December, uh, so looking forward to chatting. Charlie Goodsir, though, will be on, on, on Tuesday, and we'll have a chat with you then. So the list is We'll get another dose of Chris Perkins on Tuesday. I want to just say thank you for all your help so far throughout the year. It's a great pleasure speaking to you each and every week, and I look forward to doing it again in a few weeks' time. My pleasure. Enjoy your holiday, and enjoy the rest of your uh, Thursday. Yes, I will. I will. Thank you, Chris. Chat soon. All right. Have a good day. Chris Perkins on the line from America. Charlie will speak to him on Tuesday, and we'll get him back on the line, of course, as soon as I am back early mid-December. We'll talk more about that in a second. Uh, that was all for Beaumont Tiles. Don't forget, Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American Footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12, so you haven't got long, and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. Uh, keep those texts coming in, 0457-736-736. Glenn Maxwell was it the greatest innings ever. Sydney FC fans, are you happy with the new coach that was announced? And anything else you want to talk about in sport? And any questions for Paul Dennett, our cricket expert, who we'll have on the line on the other side of this? It's 27 to 6 in New South Wales, 27 to 5 in Queensland. We'll take a break. Back with more. 22 and a half to 5 in Queensland. Don't forget we are here for Red Smoke Alarms. Think Red Smoke Alarms. Uh, think redsmokealarms.com.au. And Amer Safety, your Australian-owned workwear and PPE provider. 0457 736 736. Any questions for uh, Paul Dennett, who we're about to speak to? I'm going to pose a question to him that I've been posing to you, which we'll do right now. Now on Tradies News, let's get the latest in cricket. And on the line, before I pose the question that I was posing to all the listeners, I will ask Paul Dennett, how are we? Have we caught up on sleep after an all-nighter last night? Uh, good morning to you. G'day, Dan. Yeah, I was a, I was a zombie yesterday, but a proud and um, happy zombie, having watched something utterly extraordinary. It was, um, I couldn't, the thing was... I, I finished at 4 a.m., but I couldn't get to sleep even then. I was just too excited. I was texting people. I was gibbering away on social media. So, yeah, I feel a lot better today than I did yesterday. <laughs> clearly, clearly, if you're texting people, you aren't an Optus customer. So that uh, I'm happy for you in regard to that. Uh, I don't think I text anyone from about 5 a.m. to 3 p.m. Thank God for Wi-Fi. Anyway, that's another story for another day. Um, it was a remarkable winnings by Glenn Maxwell. I was saying on the show yesterday, and I did mention uh, the text you sent me uh, whilst I was on my way in yesterday morning uh, on air, but... Um, I was listening to it, uh, bits and pieces of it, sort of kept waking up during the night. And I actually woke up uh, when uh, the Afghanistan bowler was on his hat-trick ball, when Australia were seven or six down for, well, they were seven for 91 around that time. And I heard Glenn Maxwell uh, was batting and then sort of went back to sleep, woke up, went back to sleep. And then I caught the tail end of it 
what I didn't know until you actually watched the replay, and I had a text earlier on for the Big G saying uh, he been at work, he's been at work, he hasn't even seen or heard about the Glenn Maxwell innings yet, so he'll definitely go back and watch it today, is just the nature of how much Glenn Maxwell was struggling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what a what a night. Um, that first ball that he received, mm. it, it, it should have got him out. I mean, the... Um, it was honing in right on the stumps, and he got the faintest of outside edges on it. Only Maxwell could probably do it. He, he got the bat on it, so he avoided, avoided the LBW, but it didn't carry through to the keeper, so he didn't get out caught behind. Um, yeah, the, the debilitating way of the injury, it was actually quite hard to watch at times. Mm. His cramp was such that he, he was lying on the ground almost suffering conniptions, and he just he, he lost the ability to move almost everything, Um I've read a few texts saying that you know any cricket coach who tries to tell you that footwork's important can get can, can learn a new lesson going forward because he was just hitting the ball with hands only um, uh, and some of the shots he played defied description. He, he played a reverse sweep at one point where he kind of got the timing of it wrong and it, it was going to smash into off stump but somehow he still managed to middle it and hit it for four. Um, just yeah, the the highlights. Go back and watch them if you haven't seen them. But it's but bear in mind as well, it doesn't quite do it justice because mm. they're algorithmically based. So that I've never seen anything like it. The highlights of the last thirty balls are all Maxwell. There's no <laughs> there's no Pat Cummins. There's no anything else. The algorithm doesn't want a, a fantastic job. But yeah, the full drama of the fact that he couldn't move and the fact that um, Pat Cummins would hit a ball that normally you'd be able to run two on, and they just couldn't run because um, Maxwell at his worst was was barely able to stand up. So. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you, you're going to ask me if it's the best innings ever. Yes. Um, it's a, I mean, I, I sent the text to you saying that was the best innings I'd ever seen, um, and I sent out that on social media. In the days that's followed, I, I've been gratified to see that everyone kind of has been in agreement that it's the best white ball innings ever. Mm. Um, I think that Ben Stokes' Headingley 100 is probably the only one that rivals it as far as the best innings I've ever seen, but I still put this above it. Is it the best innings ever? Well, as a, as a, you know, as a loyal Don Bradman fan, I, I can't quite say mm. that, but I'll tell you what. I'm not sure that Bradman played some of the shots that Maxwell played last night. No, probably probably not. Uh, he's 35 years of age, Glenn Maxwell. He's only played seven test matches. Hasn't played one since, I think, 2017, 2018. Um, it, it's sort of, and it's probably, uh, even after what he did yesterday, what he did yesterday has probably raised a question mark on why couldn't he do more of this now? Now, obviously, clearly not like that, but... What do you, where, where is Glenn Maxwell now in his career? Obviously, towards the tail end of it, 35 years of age, although we do see cricketers play uh, a lot longer than that. The career of Glenn Maxwell, has it fulfilled the potential that it could have? Well, it's a very good question. I, I, I think that the selectors have, been, have done him very poorly in Test cricket. I would have picked him for test match after test match after test match over the years. Mm. Um, and this, this, this notion, oh, he's not a test match player, it's nonsense. He is a test match player. Um, he has had never played a game of test cricket on Australian soil. And you think of the extraordinary um, once-in-a-lifetime talent that you saw the other night. That's a, you know, the selectors should hang their heads in shame over the years that they've never picked him once for Australia. It really riles me that he hasn't been given a, a, a chance because... His first class average um, is just about 39 or 40, which is every bit as good as all the other ones that they ever talk about. The difference is he, he very, very rarely gets to play much Sheffield Shield cricket because he's playing white ball cricket all year round. Mm. If he got to play a few seasons of red ball Sheffield Shield cricket, 
his average would be even better. And as, as it is, at 39, uh, average of 39, handy bowler, very, very good fielder. Um, he's got a better record than many that they've given um, plenty of opportunities to. The thing is, he has done what he did the other night in the Sheffield Shield. There's a game a few, a few years back now where Victoria got absolutely uh, annihilated. In the first innings, Maxwell came out and struck a runner ball 90. In the second innings, they got bowled out for 180. And mm. Maxwell got 118 of them off almost no ball coming in at number eight. It was like everyone gets a duck and then Maxwell whack 118. He could do it at test level. And I don't think he's too old. Uh, Adam Voges got picked for Australia around about this age and had two or three really successful years. Um, you pick the best players. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, the debate around who should be the new opener, I would say get Glenn Maxwell into the side and find someone, you know, promote Travis Head to open or promote Manus Labuschagne to open or open with Glenn Maxwell if you wanted. I know people would find that ridiculous, but I, I think that he should still be in the Australian test side for sure. Yeah, very, very interesting to see what happens next uh, with Glenn Wa- Matt Maxwell. Fantastic innings. Let's hope he can continue it because we've got another game against Bangladesh Saturday at 4pm and then next uh, likely to be Thursday night will be Australia up against uh, pretty much it's almost set in stone. I think it literally is against South Africa, which is uh, the second semi-final. So on one hand, Paul, you avoid um, India, but on the other hand, you're probably going to need to beat India to win this World Cup. Uh, of course, we're going a bit too uh, far ahead of ourselves. Still got to beat Bangladesh. Still got to beat uh, South Africa. Definitely South Africa. What do you make? How do you see the rest of the tournament going for Australia? And are India rightly the favourites? India are rightly the favourites. And if I had to put my life on the line, that's my tip. But mm. Australia are surging. And mm. India... You know, as much as Australia don't want to play India in the final, I'm sure India don't want to play Australia either. But mm. um, if you give in, if, let's assume India do make the final. Um, if Indians, uh, if the Indian players are watching the Australia South Africa semi final, they'll be quietly cheering on South Africa because South Africa have played fantastically well, and there's no guarantee Australia will beat them. Mm. But Australia is dangerous because they've got Maxwell and because they've got Warner and because uh, they are historically a, a very very difficult side to beat when it comes to the pointy end of these tournaments. Uh, it's almost nerve-wracking for me as an Australian fan that we have such a, a flawless record against South Africa in games that really matter that um, I don't like putting that record on the line. Um, I remember in 2007 we played them in the semi-final. I was thinking, oh, maybe this is the time that we're going to lose to them. And uh, we blew them away, absolutely humiliated them. So hopefully we can do something like that again. And look, not beyond the realms of possibility that someone could knock India off and we don't have to play them in the final. That would be the, the best best um, case outcome. Yes, that would be very good. And fourth place is interesting as well. New Zealand currently holding that, but a uh, battle between them, Pakistan, even Afghanistan, still a chance. Who does get fourth place, do you reckon? Uh, almost certainly New Zealand, but you're right. The other two do have a chance. If, um, if Pakistan beat England and if Sri Lanka beat New Zealand, mm. that will get Pakistan in. Uh, both of those, you know, possible. Um, and Afghanistan, they would, have, they would have to beat South Africa and hope that Pakistan and New Zealand both lose their final game. So that's less likely. I feel a bit sorry for the Afghan fans because they were naturally enough penciling in a victory against Australia and that would have um, given mm. an entirely different uh, viewpoint to the table. Australia would have suddenly come into uh, peril a little bit because our net run rate, if, they had, if, if we had collapsed completely, would have been 
in a bit of difficulty. But yeah, I think that it's probably going to be India playing New Zealand in the first semi-final. Next time we speak, which we a little while away, uh, we'll ask you about some of these rising nations like Afghanistan. I think they've caught a lot of people by surprise, but definitely a developing nation who looks to be going up in the cricket world, not backwards, which is uh, great to see. It is going to be uh, the last time we speak uh, before the end of the World Cup. So cast your eyes to, what, 10 days' time from now, the final Who's in it and who does win it? Yeah, well, my predictions are usually uh, <laughs> not so good. Um, uh, yeah, look, I mean, if I was giving my really conservative prediction, I'd say probably India, Australia and India wins. Mm-hmm. Um, but putting on my parochial hat, the one thing that's interesting is that the, the venue that the final's going to be at, mm. uh, Ahmedabad, has been a place where you want to bat um, second, which doesn't go well with what Australia likes to do. Mm. Um, we won the game against England having been sent in to bat second and that was uh, broke the trend and we did it with a really wet ball uh, which is very difficult so it was, a, it was a fantastic achievement. I hope the Australians don't take that too literally and think oh yeah let's win the toss and bat in the final if we make it because I think that would be the, the wrong thing to do. So my hope is that Australia make it to the final against India, win the toss and bowl mm. um, and uh, make a, a fantastic run chase and, and win the whole thing. So, you know, why not get parochial? I'm going to tip the Aussies to, to make it their sixth World Cup, which will be six out of the 13 that have ever occurred. All right. Well, that would be great to see. And just in 30 seconds, New South Wales getting their first win in the Sheffield Shield for a very long time. Yes. And my young man, Ollie Davies, who I've been boring everyone about <laughs> as, a, as someone I love, uh, he played a few extraordinary big bash innings. It's so exciting to see him get 100 in the shield itself. And shout out to Joel Paris from Western Australia, who's at perennial injuries. When he's on the park, he's a fantastic all-rounder. He's had a a few games back-to-back now. He's not young anymore. He's about 30-odd, but uh, a bolter possibly for a test match at some stage in in the coming couple of years. Okay, very, very good. I'll remember that. We record this. We record every show. So when he plays for Australia, (laughs) I'll play it back. Great stuff. As I said, I'm off for a few weeks, but we'll talk early December. The Test Series, the Australian Test Summer, is actually only really a month away anyway. So we'll be on ready to talk about that. We'll get you into the studio. Looking forward to it. Thanks for your help so far this year. Look forward to continuing it right throughout, throughout the summer of cricket. Sounds great. Good on you, Dan. Have a great holiday, mate. Thank you, mate. Chris, uh, Chris uh, Paul Tennant on uh, the line. Clearly, I do need a holiday. Paul Tennant on the line talking all things at cricket. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back and wrap things up. It's 10 to 6 in New South Wales, 10 to 5 in Queensland. Breakfast is not too far away. 6 to 6 in New South Wales, 6 to 5 in Queensland. Chookman on the text says, Hi, Dan. Uh, just to go to show how important and fielding is in cricket, catching and fielding is in cricket. Uh, Max, he should have been on his taxi. Very good. Uh, but what a knock. He needed a he needed a litre of pickle juice. That from the Chookman. And Big G says, Have a good holiday, Dan. Thank you, Big G. Yes. So Charlie Goodsir, the great Charlie Goodsir, he may even give us a health and fitness tip on the show tomorrow. I'm not sure. Uh, but he will... Will be on tomorrow's show, hosting tomorrow's show, and also next Tuesday. And then just while some of the renovations get done around here, the show will be national for a little bit. So I'll be back with you early December. Looking forward to that. The World Cup, Cricket World Cup, we done, but we straight into the Test Series. Big Bash will be on. Tennis not too far away. And, of course, a rugby league season will creep up upon us pretty quickly. So I'm off for a few weeks. Charlie Goodsir with you tomorrow and also next Tuesday, of course, NFL on Monday. And I can't wait to be back with you in early December. The Breakfast Show. 
Uh, it's coming up next, though, with Jimmy Smith, Greg Alexander. Queensland listeners, you will get the first hour of Jimmy and Brandy, and then it will be Pat and Hills to take you through the breakfast show from 6 a.m. local time. Have a good one. Stay safe, and I'll catch you very soon. Charlie Goodsir in the chat tomorrow. Have a great Thursday. Bye-bye.